being perfectly efficient with how much we bid and you know finding the right users in in that kind of um pro privacy ecosystem is is a, is a new game Welcome to Aptica Docs podcast. In each episode, we discuss hot topics of mobile app market with renowned experts. Hey everyone, welcome back to Aptica Docs podcast. Today I share our studio with Alessandra Giuliani, commercial director at DataSeed. And for this episode, we have prepared a marvelous topic and we are going to talk about UA from in-house DSP perspective. Ciao Alessandra, come stai? <laughs> I'm very good, thank you. Molto bene. Uh, great. So uh, before we start, just tell us about you, your career, your experience, uh, how you start your path with Dataseed. Sure. Yes. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a long one. Uh, I try to <laughs> to to recap it in in a few in the most important points. Um, but um, yeah, I'm I'm Alessandro. I'm the commercial director at Dataseed. Um, Uh, Datasheet is a is a mobile DSP, and we focus on on uh, transparency and on uh, on privacy of of the users. Uh, we um, I think my career started mostly in this industry uh, around ten years ago when I was working at Acritio. Uh, that is when I I met the co-founder and CEO of Datasheet, which is my boss uh, David Philipson. Uh, we were working together on the mobile app team. So that's, I think, when I started the kind of uh, the understanding on this incredible industry. <clears throat> and uh, from there, after four years, I think I moved to uh, Liftoff, which is kind of uh, it was following that path of my uh, interests in, uh, in, in mobile app advertising. Been there for a few years as well. Um, and all these previous experiences uh, got me excited about uh, joining Datasheet. In fact, in Datasheet, is, I was the employee number one. I started uh, from the beginning, really, uh, with the two co-founders, um, and um, I think the premises of you know joining another a mobile DSP when there were many other mobile DSPs out there, it was the uh, the web you know it was the privacy uh, of of the user that it was kind of uh, following what um, then Apple started to to push a lot mm -hmm. uh, and then secondly it was the uh, yeah this transparency giving to the advertiser all the tools in order to understand how they they were spending the money and uh, it, you know it's been an incredible experience dataset was acquired by the Verve group in uh, in July 2020, 2022 so just a few months ago And considering that we started a business in January 2020, uh, it's been a very good ramp up and an exciting journey. So, um, yeah, very happy to share my experiences with you today. So you were from the very onset, right? And uh, was it uh, challenging and difficult to cover all the directions, uh, development, strategic goals, just cover all the points in the company? Yeah, I think it was a it was an amazing challenge in a, in in a way. You know, we, we there were there were many stressful uh, events for sure. Um, and as any startup, you know, being there with only three people at the beginning, it was, uh, every everyone listening now that has been through the same can probably understand the uh, the, the challenges. Um, There's many uh, slaps in the face that you get, but there's many <laughs> exciting moments where you actually. Um, That you know that makes you like particularly proud of what you're doing, 
But yes, um, I think they personally, what I really like, it was just uh, building the team and, uh, you know, making sure that the communication and the excitement was in, in building something new was, you know, there was a stream of this energy into, you know, then defining what we do and the product. Um, and, you know, in my, in my role now, I cover pretty much all the global operations of the company. So, you know, there's uh, the existing business or so our clients that are working with us that choose our technology for increase their audience, audience uh, sorry, the user base. Uh, and then there's uh, the, the new business as well, right? And how to support the sales team, how to um, forecast the business, um, the marketing, another super important aspect, defining how the how to go market strategy is, is key. So, you know, we try to participate to events as much as we can, uh, running podcasts, doing keynotes. And then and, and that is, is always then the results of uh, hard work and like decision that you make all together. So I think if there is one thing particularly I'm excited about is just literally, um, you know, building something from the beginning, uh, a business that then can add value to our clients. And that was literally our vision uh, at the beginning. How could we add value to all the mobile app developers out there that wanted to follow a, you know, the new rules of uh, privacy and user privacy. So I think we've we done a, a, a very good job now. The future is still challenging in different ways. <laughs> so we're, yeah, and we're still embracing uh, all of them and try to make the right decisions. I think one thing that I, I believe is, is key when you start a business is literally a, a strong empathy that everyone should have. And, the opportunity of understanding your colleagues and understanding the team, make sure that the communication uh, is, is is delivered in, in the most efficient way. That is, um, is something that we've been really working on, I think. Yes, you, you did. You definitely did. So, and I completely agree with you about a vital role of marketing as a head of marketing here. So, and also uh, I share these views about additional value. So I always try to put into our projects, marketing projects, some additional value for the industry. So it's really great what you are doing. Uh, but if we uh, consider DSP in a more specific way, so the first question that I got, it's about bidding. And we have already discussed this part with Smarter. So from the angle of uh, SSP, so now we have completely different angle. It's DSP and I guess the strategy and the pattern here. So it has some differences and peculiarities and that's why I, wa I wanted and I want now to discuss it uh, with you and especially taking into consideration this transition of privacy and this uh, slight transition from behavioral strategy to contextual one. So how you manage it? within data seat? Yeah, that, that, that is a, a great question. Um, first of all, for everyone who's listening, like we work in a, in a part of marketing uh, that is uh, called performance marketing. So all our clients, all the conversations that we have with our, our clients uh, are not based upon uh, how the beauty of the creatives but they're based mm -hmm. on the performance that that creative delivers, right? So everything is trackable, especially on mobile app, uh, you know, devices. So we can actually see if uh, when we show an ad, the user is, is clicking and then is converting. And so that is the output of our conversation with the clients is, okay, how much 
you know, um, how much they increase the user base thanks to our advertising. So that ends into the game is about to try to show the uh, an advertisement to the right user, to a user that we think it will be converting. But that historically, that part has been managed by many DSPs that in, in a way that they've been storing a lot of information about all, all of us, about the users, uh, and, um, and, and then using them in order to find the best user that were interested in music app, in uh, dating apps, in, in gaming, and, and, and you, you mentioned any other vertical uh, that could be out there for mobile apps. So that uh, it was not, it is something that we wanted to change. Apple, in fact, um, you know, the, 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 the deprecation of, uh, of the idea phase that happened on, on, on uh, you know, in April 2020 was something that was perceived by the industry as, um, you know, something really bad. That, that day that happened, the data seed, we were really happy and we remember popping a bottle of champagne with, with colleagues <laughs> and saying like, now we have an opportunity to, to push our main differentiator out there and say to, to our clients, look, this is something that we've been working on. So the basis of our technology was built considering that, so without considering, I would say, who the user is. Um, and so your, your question is spot on because how do you bid? What's the difference? And um, so, it, it, you know, we are a technology company because, you know, the, the automated, you know, responses, automatic processes that, that we make. And although I believe in manual optimization, the technology and the machine learning, these things are very important in order to add value. Um, so everything starts from USA Smarto uh, before we, we received from all the SSPs a, a bid request. And we need to accept. We need to uh, decide when to respond with a with a bid and when not. And if we think actually that kind of bid request would be good for our advertisers that we're representing, then how much are we bidding? And uh, that is is kind of a you know the bidding strategy. I think is kind of clear for everyone how it works in in the normal uh, auctions that we have you know uh, in in our uh, world. But then this is um, the the you know, being perfectly efficient with how much we bid and, you know, finding the right users in, in that kind of um, pro-privacy ecosystem is, is, a, is a new game. With an iPhone uh, 14, with an operating system of iOS 16 on a Saturday evening, all these variables are important variables that we believe that we could still make the right targeting, which is what you were mentioning before, the contextual mm -hmm. target. So analyzing all the contextual variables that we have out there and try to make the right decision in, on behalf of our advertisers. Uh, and, and, and so that's the premises, basically, of, of what we do. Now, we have an incredible machine learning team that they constantly building automated machine learning models in order to capture which one of these contextual variables that will deliver the best performance for our advertisers. So... Uh, and that you can see how suddenly it becomes very complicated because we have advertisers yeah, yeah. in every different vertical. Um, you know, very popular is in, in mobile app, app advertising is gaming. But yes, and games. this difference, yeah, sorry for interrupting. And more importantly, I guess here, the difference between gaming and non-gaming verticals. Because sometimes, uh, yeah, they are perceived as different, uh, vertic completely different verticals with completely different strategies. Yeah, uh, the, uh, exactly. It, it gets very complicated when even without one category, you have many subcategories. 
and that is um, a completely a, a new a, a new situation where the behavior of set of, of users that are playing puzzle games might be completely different from users that are playing RPG games or any uh, football games. So that is one one let's uh, say in-app purchases usually kind of uh, vertical, but then we might have a subscription base. We're working with um, some of the biggest mob, you know, music streaming uh, apps, uh, trying to adding value, try to increase the user the user base, try to increase the subscriptions in that case. So you know, then the user that subscribe is a user that maybe might have a, a different loyalty to. I use, but you, you're gonna pay monthly, right? So you wanna commit, you're committing to the product probably more than someone who's playing a puzzle games uh, every morning in in the tube because that user maybe might be willing to jump from one game to another just mm-hmm. according to the new trends and to the new to new kind of uh, apps that are, um, are out there. So um, we try to instead to step out from the view and and um, you know consider all these variables, but then analyze the data and the data will tell us which which one of these variables they're affecting the future conversion of the user uh, and which one are not so um, there is an optimization piece that is important right so we we need to make optimizations and then improve the performance even though when the machine learning takes the control yeah so and we are much alike here i mean data seed and aptica because we also all the time feed our algorithms with data trying to predict uh, the outcome so just to see all these variables so we exactly. have similar strategies and patterns here uh yes and uh, talking about optimization that you have already brought up uh so we have uh, for example a publisher with a set of creatives and they want to receive particular results from your site so how you will achieve that how you will optimize uh the ad campaign uh so what will you use for that yeah in order to to improve the results <laughs> yes it, just it, to get to get the expected results that publishers set yeah yeah that is um well that's a very important thing right so um, sometimes we work with uh, with advertisers and we start working with advertisers uh, that have really expectation to get a performance delivered in in in, in just a yeah in a week it's like oh this is our uh, ROI targets so then you know week one they're like oh it's not there or maybe it is already there but the, the, so I think in our contextual approach, we, the, the more we can test, the better it is, because not everything is going to perform well. You know, all the variables I was mentioning before, but actually the most important one is where we're buying our advertisement. So the publishers that you were actually just mentioning mm-hmm. now um, is, is a very crucial one. And so the more we can test, the more we can understand, OK, this kind of bunch of uh, settings are delivering better performance. Um, and so the optimization piece that you you actually asking me about is something that uh, starts probably with a machine learning, and then again we're a technology company we've dedicate a lot of our effort into that and how to improve that. But I'm also a believer that it, still humans uh, can can make the difference. Not, it's not all about AI uh, necessarily, um, and we 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 definitely with the support of data, we can make sometimes decisions that uh, a machine learning could not. Um, and then because we're talking about publisher, just to make an example, what is important in our contextual approach is the affinity of the publisher 
to the advertiser you know product is just to give you just for for everyone so to uh, to visualize that a bit better is, is when bmw advertise on the financial times you know mm-hmm. bmw believes that the user of a financial times might be more willing to buy that amazing car so they find the right audience in in, in that environment so when we advertise for a music app for instance finding apps where to run the advertisement that could be have something to do with music probably is the right move is the right thing to do so something that machine learning maybe can't do it just proposing new apps so we do a lot spend a lot of time and we dedicate a lot of effort uh, into into that kind of research then maybe we can create there another ai or another machine learning that help us supporting with that but all these inputs are done at the beginning by, uh, you know, in, in that manual way. So it, that is is um, is something that we we literally we fostering uh, and uh, and uh, our team as an incredible uh, customer success manager team that runs a combination of machine learning, automated uh, sort of optimization, but also uh, a uh, manual uh, manual optimization and and tweaks. To support the so you have like a, a hybrid system of both correct yeah i would say mostly you know is machine learning technology automated but then the support of you know us is still humans behind the machines and we still like we, we support that a lot and there are a lot many manual optimization that we we constantly do yeah so there is still hope for humanity <laughs> So <laughs> we try to protect our job. It is key. Definitely, definitely, and I'm, I'm, I'm truly supported of that. And um, yeah, and that's why you know we hiring for us is, is an important thing. Hiring the best professional that can contribute at the best to, to with that technology, with that kind of framework, is is uh, is um, very important. And uh, where do you put these creatives? I mean, where do you buy your inventory? So do you have any preferences in terms of ad networks or they're completely equal for you? Um, very good question. I, again, we leave that, we want to study the data. So the more ad networks and SSPs, right? The supply side platform where we buy our inventory. Um, our goal is to be, try all of them you know when we have a new advertiser we want to try all of them try as many publishers within them they actually can deliver the performance um the the bad news is that some of them unfortunately won't perform as some others but then again it's, it's a pattern it is not all the same across our clients so some clients will find more affinity on the inventory let's say uh, that certain ssps will have and some others with completely different ones. So we always balance out, but ultimately we're representing our advertisers. So we want to add value to them. Our the supply is, you know, we are clients for them. Mm-hmm. We try always pushing us to buy more and more. But you know, our decisions are always driven by you know the um, the performance of our our app developers that we're representing. Um, we one one thing is important to mention as well that um, we now you know. As as a Verve group, we also have the supply side. So I think you familiar with Smarto, with Pub Native. Um, so definitely, there's you know there's connection, strong connection, and and something in in the future that we you now now we're working on since we've been acquired in in July, is increasing the synergy and improving the technology in order to buy us more, you know, us to buy from Smart and Pub Native in a more smart way. 
So we're sharing with the team, but we're constantly working together and very closely in, 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 in expressing to them our requirements uh, on how we believe that we could improve the performance of our clients. Uh, and then they actually give us feedback on how they potentially they could do that or they suggesting new things. So we're looking you know, now into a bit the future, but this is something that we're really uh, working on. But then ultimately, if imagine if we wouldn't get from them the at the moment the the, the p- p- good as good as performance as maybe from uh, others SSPs out there that we're working with all of them pretty much, then you know we wouldn't prioritize our now internal one in a way because you know we would just again we want to deliver the best return on investment for for our client and, and all these decisions are taken from the machine learning so you know we we. Don't have, we can make manual optimization, as I was saying, but then ultimately we run the traffic everywhere and then we, we push where the performance is. So, yeah, you have a huge traffic and uh, I can't even imagine how many creatives have coming through. So here, so it's my curiosity. I don't know, maybe you have noticed some mechanics or some formats that are, mm-hmm. that are running pretty well. It's just question my personal one because uh, we like creative satoptica and uh, all the time uh, I ask uh, our speakers about uh, creative part yeah I mean I, I love creatives you know what, what you realize when you work in a technology company or an DSP is that your your idea what a creative which one is the best creative often uh, is completely uh, ruined by the performance. Yes, and, and do not co- coincide with your expectations, yes. Exactly. I always say like, oh, I really like these creatives. And then we put it live and actually it's the worst performing. So ultimately <laughs> we need to pause it. And the machine will pause it automatically if it's not delivering the expected results. So creative is a part that um, ultimately is the output of, you know, what we do is actually delivering creatives for our advertisers out there. But again, it's, another, it's just another contextual input. You know, in, mm-hmm. in our contextual approach, it's just another input that we don't put our my personal ideas or anyone ideas in what we should run, but instead we kind of run them and see uh, which one are the best performing one. Now, when we talk about creatives uh, for uh, everyone listening, you know, we have uh, videos are the most popular one. We have static, yeah. we have uh, playables. So there are different formats of creatives. Now, in general, in the industry, that um, you know, the creatives can be also more you know, different, the, the new innovative way of also doing creatives that we're also analyzing, you know, there could be audio uh, creatives. So everyone is trying to think, okay, which one is the be- best creatives, the best, you know, um, the, the best user experience as well. But then again, we are in, in performance marketing. So it's the performance that is dictating pretty much, okay, mm-hmm. which one delivering also, because we sending ads to millions of users every day. And so, you know, it's hard to, my idea could be completely different to actually what most of the people idea is, luckily. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and so we, we're just analyzing, analyzing the, the results and, and we always constantly in the research of what else is out there, what else are this company. So we're dedicating some time. Um, there are some team, some team members that they could dedicate in some time into looking and browsing and see what creatives actually are the you know advertisers are delivering are creating and then we want to find the technology behind on how to run them because then again we bind the inventory for all the ssps and the ultimate creative it could be a, is a piece of code that we need to make sure that when we get a bit requests it's automatically well uploaded and delivered in, mm-hmm. the, in the thing with the app 
So then you can see how also that gets complicated, which is a challenge that we we try to uh, outcome from you know having great relationship with our clients, having great relationship with our supply side, constantly having this kind of a conversation open, um, and um, and and then ultimately try to 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 pick the one that are performing the best. So yes, especially this integration can be hard with playable ads. Uh, because they're yeah. quite difficult to upload with different difficult codes. Yes, I've heard some uh, cases, uh, yeah. negative cases about that. I mean, in terms of uh, technical points. Um, okay, so uh, if we uh, expand on the privacy topic a bit more, so we mm. have a new scan out there and we have a lot of papers and reports how to integrate how to manage and everything so will it affect you somehow as you are driven by privacy and your primary focus on transparency and you have to comply uh, with new scan um, 4.0 yeah yeah i mean uh, we we really welcome scan but for for the listeners that are not familiar with that, uh, SCAN is the new attribution frameworks that App is introducing mm -hmm. uh, in the same way as MP, MMPs have been doing entry at mobile attribution in the last 10, 13 years. Uh, and um, we, um, you know, SCAN is definitely complicating the way of doing UA, don't take me wrong. So mm -hmm. most of our clients are still using probabilistic attribution made by the MMP. Uh, and that gives us more data points compared to scan. Scan is, you know, the, is the extreme way of, of uh, you know, supporting the privacy of, of the users that we, we completely agree with. But in order to find the right users, in order to find, let's say, in order to find the most efficient way of, of delivering performance, uh, scan is breaking the link between an impression and, and, uh, and, and the install. So, you know, when we get, as a, as a DSP, we get postbacks back all the time saying this user installed, this user purchased. Um, but it, it scan breaks most of the time where, you know, the link with impression. So without knowing at what time, where, uh, mm -hmm. how we did serve an impression to someone that they actually then delivered an, an install or a, a purchase, how are we going to optimize towards? So that is not fully what I'm saying. It's not fully correct most of the time because it's not breaking it completely but what scan is introducing is this privacy thresholds that the more data you actually have the more you know information you will have to a certain extent you still won't know who the user is as you know back in the facebook days where you know you get a lot of data um so um we from from the beginning because scan 4.0 now is under everyone's attention but you know there were four versions before right and from the, the first one really uh, we we always been analyzing that and there at the beginning of data city we, we were thinking okay how can we add value how can we create a technology that will still get all the input from scan and deliver performance so we've been working on specific uh, way of optimizing the campaign with the scan data they are very unique to us uh, we share them all the time with our clients have been running uh, you know keynotes that since most of last year in 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 um, pretty much everywhere talking about scan and talking about our unique way of of uh, approaching uh, the, this new uh, attribution frameworks and we you know we we are selected from our, many of our clients it just as the only dsp testing scan and testing the performance mm -hmm. of scan with the best results so that um, again is one of the this 
kind of excitement things that I was mentioning you at the beginning, where we is very we're very proud of when you talk to a client saying, "Oh, you're the best." The challenge, uh, the the channel that is delivering best kind of result, that happen often, and then it, it is kind of aligned with our initial goal, with our vision of uh, this more privacy centric. Um, user approach uh, that we we uh, we fostering so um that being said again you know scan it makes the the ua um, more complicated uh, and because we are pro user privacy we we are already working with google on the on the sandbox fledge for instance mm-hmm. so we want to anticipate what's out there and uh, and we've been doing it uh, quite well but again they is it there going to be another version of scan in the future Possibly, yes. Apple has been improving the attribution framework since Scan 2.2. At the beginning, Scan was not even delivering a a post-view attribution. Now they're doing multi-touch attribution, right? They they, uh, increase, they they, they lower the privacy threshold. They increase a more coarse-grained value of um, information about, you know, postbacks information. And so that um, gives a better visibility, for sure, on, uh, on... on the performance of the impression that you buy, uh, and uh, and what's what's next? We we're here waiting. We were already you know forecasting the next move, and we we testing constantly with our clients, uh, which one is the way that improves performance. Yeah, it's great that you anticipate all these changes, both with Sandbox and with Scan, because you can get all the advantages of early adopters. I guess it's really great to be ahead in the market. Uh, and apart from Scan, so it's also trend, I guess, one of the top trends for mobile industry. Apart from that, what other trends uh, we should take into account and uh, what expect what to expect from data seed uh, in 2023 in 2024 so you have a completely new chapter with verba group so what's your development plan and where uh, can i meet you at what conferences where we could uh, discuss everything face to face sure um i've been spending a lot of time in the us i'll start from the last one i've been spending a lot of time in the us actually uh, this year because we're expanding a lot in the us so we've been hiring there um and uh, and participate to event is also important you know having this discussion face to face ultimately again you know we're still an industry made by 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 people and uh, and we we it's always nice to talk in person shake hands and 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 understanding oh can i trust this person can i not and, and i think that is something that we we really uh, encouraging all our team members to do. Um, so in the US, uh, I'm going to Seattle actually on Sunday, on Sunday for Pocket Gamer. Uh, from there, there's a MAU in Vegas, which I'm flying directly uh, to. Um, that will be the week after. Um, and then we're going to Mobile Games Forum, uh, which is a conference I really liked. Um, they hosted me many times as a speaker, as a moderator. Um, and there will be a very exciting one, a very nice one in, in Hamburg coming in uh, in June. And in terms of an industry as well, I mean, the privacy focus, I think, is going to be the, is going to be the key. Ultimately, when we're talking about privacy, it, it means that all you know, the DSPs, everyone is going to just have access to less data. So mm-hmm. I believe we want to work with a client, so with a with a with a platform, with a technology that gives you as much as this data possible. You want to work with the partners that are there talking about all these data and then making the right decision together instead of you know keeping uh, a big secret keeping like you know data for themselves um this time now changed so i think we're gonna see in this year more a shift towards 
the amount of DSP and app network the app developers working with, and instead they're gonna start kind of reducing these numbers and picking some. Um, I think one of the reasons it should be transparency. And ultimately, um, another reason is should be lowering the, the amount of DSP and app network due to the privacy threshold the scan is introducing. So if you spread your spend everywhere, you might have less access to mm-hmm. this, this privacy threshold. Rather, if you use one only DSPs, um, which I hope that Datasheet could be one of the selected, then in that case, you will allow the DSP to have more visibility on uh, on on you know all this data. Um, so that is definitely what the, the external one that we, we dedicate most of the time. Internal one, um, well, there's so many, right? We, we're hiring quite a lot. So we're expanding, as I say, in the US. We, we're building a, a strong sales team as well and and pretty much growing across all the um, different uh, departments in the, in, uh, that, that we have, you know, that we think are assets, so the data science, the business intelligence, the uh, account strategies, uh, the you know and 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 marketing so hiring when at the beginning as i said that was the number one at the beginning is easy the communication to keep it among a small circle of people then now you, you're gonna get over a certain amount and then it, it, you need to have more processes in place you need to so processes and 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 communication and hiring and deciding making the right decision so which events to attend where uh you know which one are the which one is the addressable audience from uh, you know the, the the target addressable audience uh, for for your um for your uh, sales strategy how to go to market these things are definitely going to be an internal challenge for this year that you know we yeah. we're going to so a lot of plans ahead and uh, again this expansion is pretty exciting so i hope to see you in hamburg so and just discuss everything <laughs> so there thank you very much for being with us today follow data c to get more info uh, and more insights so and also optica.com not to miss the next episodes with great experts mil grazie yes, it was it was a pleasure so and we will keep in touch alessandra likewise thank you so much for having me to find out more about optica and its products Please follow the website aptica.com. Do not miss the next episodes by following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other major platforms. Thank you for listening.